Welcome to Raising Consciousness with me, Lou Burrows, where raising human consciousness happens. On this show, I'm joined by guests to cover a range of topics and have conversations that will raise human consciousness for current and future generations. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Raising Consciousness with me, your host, Lee Burrows. And I am uh, joined today by a very special guest. Matthew Aponte is here. And I had the pleasure of going on to his podcast probably over a month ago now. And yeah, we we spoke um, about my journey. So today we're all about Matt's journey. Today it's all, all about um, his business journey, his consciousness journey. And, and yeah, I'll see kind of what else we, we cover here. And I first connected with Matt like way back now when I f- had the real talk show podcast, I think that I was doing and yeah, it's kind of seems so long ago now. Right. But Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Luke. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show and uh, happy to be here and have this conversation. So you ultimately are a born entrepreneur, right? I was reading through you through your bio. You've been an entrepreneur since your teenage years, sixteen, I, I believe it was. So I would love to start start there with, with part of our conversation today. But before we do so, yeah, in like five minutes or so, like I always start off by asking the guests to introduce themselves. Who are they? So who is Matt Aponte? Yeah. So gosh, who is Matt Aponte? You know, that's a, that's a tough question. I have evolved many times over the years. I'm 43 now. And, and, you know, this journey of life and personal development has just caused me to, to take on different new identities. And I would describe myself as a passionate, you know, aside from titles and whatever, as a, uh, a passionate person who is passionate about other people, passionate about life passionate about knowledge, passionate about learning and growing. And also a very curious person. I try and be humbled as much as possible to be able to allow myself to to learn and grow and to just observe, especially now, all the craziness that's happening in the world and try and 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 take a position where I'm just observing and trying to learn rather than, you know, being a force for change. Because earlier, I would say, you know, maybe eight, 10 years ago, I had this, you know, I was like force for change, you know, and, and I had this, you know, like I'm going to change the world kind of a thing. And, and now I'm just more like, well, I'm going to improve me and then just kind of watch how that unfolds in the earth. Yeah, I love that, man. And so some of those kind of like traits you mentioned beforehand, obviously being, being curious, being one like looking back do you feel like you've always had them or or is that like or have they grown and developed as you've grown and developed you know throughout your entrepreneurial and personal growth journey yeah it's funny a memory came back because just as you were asking that question i've always been an inquisitive person i've always wanted to know how things work i remember i must have been gosh maybe five or six years old and i remember my parents buying me a little remote control uh, dune buggy toy that had a wire with a forward and a back button on it. And after playing with it for a little while, I got bored and I wanted to take it apart and see how it worked. And I started pulling it apart and, you know, like I knew how to use a little Phillips screwdriver. And I remember pulling it apart 
And because I wanted to see how it worked. And I remember my mom, I didn't get in trouble, but my mom was like, what are you doing? You know, you just pulled the whole thing apart. And I was just like, I don't know. I want to see, you know, how it could work, you know, and, and there's, there's tons of uh, experiences through my life like that. So I think I've always been very curious and inquisitive person with the, or, you know, as they say, I forget what the spectrum is called and, but I'm, I'm more of a, a why and a how person than a what and a who. And that's, I think that's been pretty consistent through my life. Awesome, man. And so, yeah, like obviously, um, as I mentioned beforehand, re reading through your bio, and obviously we, 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 we know each other, I would say quite well. Obviously, I've been connected online met many years ago, although we still haven't met up yet, which is definitely something that's going <laughs> to, I can feel it's going to happen in the future, right? Obviously, being yes. across the, the, the pond from each other, as they say. Um, so, yeah, like entrepreneur since 16 years of age, like talk to us about about that ultimately and how you got into like your first business like was that encouraged by your parents yeah talk to us about that because you know a lot of young people might have entrepreneurial tendencies but you know it's like go to uni go you know go to college you know get, finish school and and so would really love to, to kind of start there yeah it actually started prior 16 that started in the second grade i my dad has always been an entrepreneur and at one point he owned the office supply store, a little small office supply store. And I remember, I don't remember if he gave them to me or if I stole them from his, you know, his office, but there was a little desk, a little box of click pens, click pencils. And I remember going to uh, school in second grade and selling them to my friends for, I think it was like 25 cents or something. And, you know, I, I, I like, I remember being like, wow, you know, this is, I remember I had a little circle orange Tupperware with the hole cut in it where I would stash my money. And, and, uh, and then I got caught by, you know, one of the school patrols and, and I was forced to give all the money back because no one, but the school supply store could sell on, on school property. Um, so I got shut down real quick, my operation, but you know, that was, that was, you know, obviously ingrained in me. You know, I saw an opportunity, whether I saw someone else doing it or I saw my brothers doing it or my dad gave me the idea, I don't remember, but I saw an opportunity and I went and I was just like, hey, you know, here, these cool little click pens and let's make some money. So it's always been that way. But at 16, I, I, I wanted to start my own business. I, I kind of, you could say I dropped out of school early. I was homeschooled from the age of 14 to 16. And then at 16, I got my, or no, actually at 18, I got my GED, but at 16, I, a friend of mine in a neighboring town, cause I grew up in a small town, had a window cleaning business. And I remember helping him sometimes during the summer. And he was like, Hey, you, you should do this yourself in your own business. And I was like, or in your own town. I was like, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. How do I do it? So I remember him and his dad teaching me and kind of telling me what to do and all this other stuff. And, and then my grandmother giving me once a year, my grandmother would always give us, us boys, you know, some money. And so I remember asking if I could have that money in advance to put into my business. So I, I kind of make the joke. My grandmother was my first seed investor. You know, she sent me a check for $350 and, and I took that business and I grew it to a route in a three towns. So if you're in Florida, you know, Chiefland, Florida, Trenton, Florida, and Gainesville, Florida, and I had a pretty sizable window cleaning route. And, and I was making at the age of barely 18, I was making north of $3,000 a month, just cleaning windows. 
And, you know, nowadays that's probably closer to $5,000 a month, maybe, or more. So I was doing really good. And, you know, that's kind of how everything started. I had the, the uh, bug then, as you say, and uh, had the eye for, for seeing opportunities. And I've always, at the same time, in addition to that, I've always had the rebellion of, or the dislike for working for other people. So though, you know, those two things kind of lined up and I really never liked working for anybody else. I preferred to work for myself. So that's kind of how it all started. So I was reading the book, a book of the other day that I, well, that I've recently finished actually. And in there, it was talking about how entrepreneurs ultimately are world changers, basically, you know, how they um, move the world and humanity forward. And it yeah. gave the distinction between like an entrepreneur and let's just say like a business owner and the difference between the two. And I would love to kind of get, obviously, because you, you know, you being in this scene for, you know, since the age of 16, but what's your definition of an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll draw a contrast for you. In an entrepreneur, not only finds or sees opportunities everywhere where they can make money, but they also find opportunities where they don't have to do the work themselves. So, you know, there's an entrepreneur is not someone who's trying to build a job for themselves. An entrepreneur is someone who's trying to pursue opportunities that provide the freedom for him to or her to, uh, to, to live the life that they want. A business owner is someone who, you know, starts, starts a little, you know, pastry shop at the corner of the street, but never hires anybody to run it for him because he has this control thing and he always wants to, he or she always wants to be there and make sure everything is fine. And so they don't give up certain things because of fears and they end up creating another job for them. You know, they end up working 60, 70, 80 hours a week or seven days a week, and they're a business owner, and there's great and wonderful things about that. But the difference is, is that instead of them, you know, I'll just use air quotes, quote unquote, slaving for another company, they're slaving for the business that they created. And yes, sure, there are, I've been in that situation myself as well, many times. So, and that, that's why I can speak from experience. There are still benefits to being a business owner and slaving for your own business, than slaving for someone else, right? You still, even though, you know, you're up all hours at the night, you get up early in the morning, sometimes you have to work on the weekends because you have to do it. Maybe, you know, you did hire someone part-time and they showed up sick or whatever. And that is frustrating. That is very highly stressful, but it still feels better than working for someone else. So in my, in my um, definition, and a business owner is someone who's who's looking to get away from the corporate America space so that way they can start a business, do their own business, but maybe perhaps they do not have that forward three three year, five year, ten year insight of saying, "Okay, so I'm going to do this, I'm going to grow this, and I'm going to sell it, or I'm going to have a partner come in and buy it from me, and they're going to run it, and then I'm going to go do something else, and I'm going to have that as a as a a passive income, you know, whereas an entrepreneur is, is like, that's a great opportunity. I could, you know, build that business for three years and then sell it. Or, you know, I could do that and turn it into a completely passive income 
And then I'm going to spur something else off of that. So really the difference between the two is all about, I think, the understanding and the mindset. Interesting. And do you feel like anyone can become an entrepreneur? You know, not only have I been asked that question a lot, but I have watched a lot of other very successful entrepreneurs be asked that question. And what's funny is, is that some have said, no, I've, I forgot what show it was. I've literally seen some people be like, no, not everybody can be an entrepreneur because it takes certain things. And then I've certainly seen some people say, yeah, anybody can be an entrepreneur. So my take on that is, is that if an entrepreneur, if the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner is the mindset and the way that you look at things, well, then being an NLP practitioner and a clinical hypnotherapist, then I have to believe that, yes, you can. You know, anybody can become an entrepreneur. Not only do I have to say yes, but I believe, yes, that anybody can. And I am actually currently working on, because I have some some programs and products that help people reprogram their subconscious mind and change their behaviors. And I've actually been working on one that's designed for people that want to create the entrepreneur mindset. So yeah, I believe that anybody can. Is it easy? No, it's not. Is it a complete departure from how we've been raised and how we've been programmed? Absolutely, 100%. Because what you've said earlier is, is that, you know, entrepreneurs are the ones that change the world. And so let's kind of take a little a dip into that water a little bit. If the entrepreneurs are the ones that change the world, then we have to look back and be like, who are the ones that have changed the world thus far? Who are the ones that have been changing the world since the beginning? And do they really want a whole lot of other competition of world changers? And they, I think we know the answer to that. And so therefore, you know, the Rockefellers and the, you know, the, the, all of the big titans of industry, right. That really kind of changed this world. They also were involved in, you know, the school system and the university and education system and all of these things. And, you know, entrepreneurialism is not something that, or business ownership is not something that's been taught in schools only, only I would say within the last five, six years, you know, Maybe, so maybe 10 years, right? In some small little pockets. With that in mind, do you feel, so do you feel like entrepreneurship therefore or becoming an entrepreneur is totally like a mindset game? And I, and I ask that because a lot of kind of content that I've come across, but also some like realizations that I've had is around like entrepreneurship has basically become cool, right? Like everyone now wants to yeah. be an entrepreneur and build the next Apple, right? And so like, what kind of goes in, around in my mind is we're, we're all possessed with skills and gifts and, you know, and talents and, and stuff. And like the difference between like focusing on what our skills and gifts are and rather than chasing like this big ideology of what entrepreneurship is and like becoming an entrepreneur because it's now cool. And so like, yeah, it's just kind of like that contrast of like helping people to actually, do I, do I actually want to become an entrepreneur? Because you know, it's, it's a way that I can bring my skiffs and talents and strengths into the world to serve and to help people. Or do I want to become it because, oh, look, I want to build the next Apple one because now it's cool and kind of all that sort of, sort of stuff, if that makes sense. Just like, the, like maybe like the difference between the two or, yeah. yeah. I know what you're trying to say or ask. You know, <clears throat> there's a, you, you made a, a, a very good point that, you know, entrepreneurialism is, is like the cool thing to do now. But, you know, when you, 
when you think about the difference between the, you know, are you an entrepreneur? Are you taking the money that you're making and investing it so that way that can be turned into an asset? Or are you just happy that you're not working for a company, right? And you're maybe doing an Amazon, you know, drop shipping type business. And you're like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, making $5,000 a month, you know, $100,000 a year, a million dollars a year, right? You know, but what are you doing more than that? How are you taking that to the next level? Are you going to turn, how are you going to turn that into an asset, right? How are you going to build a legacy? And, and then back to your first question, you know, is, is it really a mindset or, you know, so behaviors, right? So there's certain behaviors that are needed to be an entrepreneur. And the first one is, you know, some people can develop it. I, I used to think that not every, that everybody could develop it. I've had recent experiences in my life where I don't know if that really is the case, but developing an unshakable, unstoppable, unbreakable willpower uh, is the first thing that you would have to, in my opinion, create. So why? Because you're going to be met with countless opportunities to give up. <laughs> you're going to be met with people in your life that do not support you, spouses that do not support you, business opportunities that you thought were the next Apple that fell apart and blew up in your face, clients that no longer want to pay you or having a hard time selling your widget, right? You know, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter what industry that you're in, you're going to, there is no copy, paste, plug and play, run by itself business that, that exists. There just isn't. And if there even was, you would still have to fight against yourself. You would still have to fight against your own streaks of laziness, your own, like, I don't feel good right now, but I still got to work because no one's going to do it for me. You know, you can't call in sick. You don't have probably, you know, health insurance. You don't have paid leave. You know, it's like all of these things that you don't have. So in order to push through those, and still do the work that needs to be done when it needs to be done. And the reason why I say when it needs to be done is because I strongly believe that and an, am, am an advocate for rest time, honoring the balance in your life. So I do not promote, I have to say this, I do not promote hustling 24-7, 365. I've been there. I've done it. I was met with extreme burnout for years. And, you know, so I, I don't promote that. So. With that said, though, you may have rested and then you get back to work, you know, on a Monday and, you know, shit blows up and you have to have that willpower, that determination, that stick to it, a stick to itiveness that is going to force you to just get out there and do the work when you don't want to. You know, depression entrepreneurs, I would have to say that entrepreneurs probably suffer the lack the suffer the least from extreme depression. The reason being, the reason why I would say that is because extreme depression is debilitating to the point to where you don't want to do anything. Like you just, I want, you know, pull the covers over my head, you know, you don't get out of bed and brush your teeth. Entrepreneurs can't do that. You don't have that that choice, that opportunity to do that, you know? So there's certain things that you, you just have to be able to push through. So that's the, that's the first one that I would say. So that 
actually brings me on to one thing that I wanted to, to ask you, Matt, because when we first uh, connected, you were, I, I believe, forget, you forgive me if I'm wrong, you were doing marketing, but photography. It, was that correct? I think that's what I remember. And you um, had the Insta- I was doing, you, you, as far as. You, and you had the Instagram as, course as well. Yes, 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 yes. As, as far as my business went, I've done for, well, for the, since 2009, I've had, I've had little offshoots and side businesses, but my main company that I've grown started, it was digital marketing. So it started as mm-hmm. photography, went into video production from video production, went into video advertising and then video advertising into digital marketing online. And so I had, at that point, I had, I had a lot of success on Instagram. This was back when, you know, it was a new platform and it was easy to grow followers and easy to, to generate, you know, leads and sales and stuff. And so, yeah, I created a course on an Instagram course for people. I, to yeah. Learn I, how to grow their thing. I remember that now. And the reason I, I like bring that, bring that up is because obviously now your main focus uh, is NLP. It's get, you know, you've got more into like I have, you know, right. The space of consciousness and helping people to unlock their potential. Obviously you have your podcast, um, as well, all about helping people to become limitless. And so like, there's this shift in what you've been doing. Um, and like, talk, talk us through that, talk us through, well, a couple of kind of points I wanted to touch on that. One one thing is, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they start a business and they feel like, like they have to then do that business like forever, right? Yeah. You know, and they can't like evolve, you know, so, you know, and, and like do and pursue other passions and interests. And then secondly, like for, for you personally, why, like why uh, you feel like you had to, you, you chose to shift from the Instagram and marketing to NLP to consciousness, to coaching, to helping people to expand and raise their own consciousness. Yeah. So to date, I have officially owned or legally owned 13 businesses. That's not including some, you know, side things that I've done and tried and, and that never worked out. And so I never officially registered them. I have, I've, I've, I've tried a lot of things and earlier on, I would say until 2000, maybe 2012, 13, around there, I was really just starting businesses to make money. That was my, my driver, right? You know, success, you know, building, you know, assets, passive income, right? <clears throat> my dad always told me, he's like, the best kind of business to ever start is a passive income business. And, and so, you know, I, you know, had ideas on how to do that, things that I would try, or I'd have easy opportunities come by and I'm like, man, I can make some money doing that. And I would start it and I would do it. And uh, so, but then I, once I started kind of getting, as you say, older, hopefully wiser, I started to, to see that, that there was just kind of more, there was more in life than just making a buck, right. Than just making money and being successful. And I wanted to start making an impact and helping other people. And so I tried to do that with an offshoot. I don't know. I think we were friends then. I had the Maniac Mentor podcast. I had started some some courses. I know, the, yeah, the I Maniac it. Mentor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to help people kind of, you know, encourage them and motivate them to, to start their own businesses and, and whatnot. So it kind of started with there. And then I realized that, you know, I got to the point to where I started teaching things that I wasn't necessarily implementing in my own life. And that didn't vibe with me. And so I decided to kind of stop doing that. And then I hit like a a growth brick wall in 2018 
And, or, you know, I would say it was more of like a midlife crisis because it felt like a crisis because I had, I had built my business, evolved my business from photography to video production. It was still the same name, same business, two and two creative media all the way through. And from the time I started it, uh, I started it in June, June 9th, I think fourth or ninth in 2009. And from that point, whenever I first started it, I was, I was very, I was in my pit pits, my lowest lows I had just come out of a, you know, we were just coming out of the, the uh, recession. And for me in my own personal life, like many others, I had lost everything. You know, I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost, I even lost my wife because coincidentally around that same time earlier, you know, I found out that, you know, she was being unfaithful. So that led to a divorce and, and, you know, I lost my dog and I lost, I lost everything. And I started selling off things that I had just to stay alive. And so, you know, at that point, I also seriously injured my back. So not only was I not able to, or, or I had lost everything, but I wasn't able to make money really because I couldn't, it was hard for me to get out of bed and, and do things. So well, I remember one day where I was finally able to re rehabilitating and walking and whatnot, I was sitting there on the side of the bed and I was just like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, like, this is, this is horrible. This, this sucks. I, I, you know, once or twice I, 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 after going out and partying and being drunk and doing drugs, I did find myself in a really deep despair. I considered, you know, committing suicide, but I was just too stubborn, too proud to commit suicide. And so I pulled myself through it, but I remember thinking like, okay, if I'm going to do something here, if I'm going to start over, I might as well start over doing something that I, because I can only go up from here. I was, I was literally a week away from living under a bridge. You know, I mean, like there's really no other way to say it. I was either under a bridge or on a friend's couch. Luckily I ended up on a friend's couch, a friend's couch. Um, and you know, so I was just like, I need to start. I need to do something. I need to work for myself because at that point I was doing hundred percent commission sales job. I was literally working 60, 63 hours a week. And maybe sometimes I would make 200, 250 bucks. And, you know, and as it was commission, because so maybe sometimes I would make more, you know, but on average, because of the, the times we were in, people weren't buying and it was just really tough. And I said, man, you know, I've been a photographer since 14, 15. I've loved photography. I've, I've loved it up until this point. I think I was 20 or 28, 29. And no, actually I was 27. And I was like, I loved it up to this point, you know, so I, if I started doing it now for a job, I know I'm going to love it for long enough to get me through this. And so, you know, I went through the, you know, I had to borrow some money, uh, someone I, I met or a friend who ended up liking me enough to loan me some money. And I borrowed some money and uh, bought myself a camera and started that. And so whenever I started that, you know, I realized that it was important for me to start something I was passionate about, something that I loved doing because I had up to that point, I'd done so many things that I was just chasing the money. And so that got me out of that whole, you know, I, I was able to build that up. But whenever I, I would hit this, this wall, whenever I started going, I said, I'm going to set a goal at 10 in uh, 10 years that this company is going to be a multi-million dollar company, or at least a seven figure a year company. And so that was my goal. And then to connect this in 2018, in June of 2018, you know, we're going on nine years. I'm coming up on my nine year anniversary of essentially having the same company. Sure. It's morphed, you know, it, it's advanced. It's grown with the times because businesses wanted more than just photography. They wanted video, then they wanted advertising and, you know, all these other things. So 
but I sat there, I was driving, you know, this midlife crisis hit me whenever I was in the parking lot and I had a shared office space that I was renting. And I remember looking at the date and I just remember thinking like, holy shit, I'm going on nine years, like nine years. And then I was reminded that I had a goal of 10 years to make a million dollars, you know, a year. <laughs> and at that point I was probably barely making $40,000 a year. Right. You know, and with the lifestyle that we had living here in Colorado, that was barely making it. And so, you know, I was just like, I just broke down. I, I hit rock bottom. I hit a mental breakdown. And, and, and so at that point I realized to kind of keep a long story short, I realized that after blaming everybody, I realized the problem was me. I realized that I was the one that was keeping the business from growing and making more money and doing things. And, you know, I had always believed in mindset, you know, manifestation, you know, we are our thoughts, create things, but I never really practiced it. I did to a certain point by default, but not like every single day intentionally. And so I said, well, if I'm the problem, then I can fix that. So I decided to dive into fixing myself, human behavior. What was it that was holding me back? Why? You know, I started learning about really learning about limiting beliefs, learning about income ceilings that our subconscious creates for us, you know, all of these things. And so I started to dive into them, dismantle them for myself. And, and the, the amazing, wonderful thing is I did the work and I, and I stuck to it. And so not only did I pull my marriage out of the hole, out of the brinks of divorce, my second marriage at that time, but I also pulled my business out of it. And at the end of 2019, um, a little more than 10 years later, I got the two, uh, the $1.3 million valuation for my company. So whenever I had that realization that I fixed me, me, and I'm pointing for those, maybe you're listening, I'm pointing to my head. When I fixed me, everything fell into place, right? My physical goals and realities began to line up with what my programmed beliefs were. And when that started happening, life took a major shift. And so when I realized how powerful that was, not only for my, myself, you know, finances, but also for my relationship with my wife, I, I decided that it's something that I needed to do to help other people. So that's when I dove in, I took two years and went through, you know, studying to be NLP, you know, hypnosis, sound therapy, stuff like that. So a couple of like other questions on, on that question one, do you still have the the, the the marketing business or did you like sell that or in that like and go you know full 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 time full focus on um NLP and coaching I left that yeah you know, I left it so I did something that a lot of people don't understand but I'm the kind of person that if I don't have a passion for it anymore I just can't do it anymore so I essentially kind of paid out and bought out because I had a couple investors paid out and bought them out ended any subcontracting because i had a few people that were, were kind of partners but they were essentially just subcontractors ended any of those i gave them all a year in advance notice i mean that was at that was in the begin at the end of 2020 and notified all of my existing clients and said hey by the end of you know 2021 we're closing our doors we'll no longer be offering these services and I rode that wave, essentially that income that I had, you know, created and I didn't work at all the whole year of 2021. I just dove into my passion. I dove deeper into the learnings and the understandings. I dove deeper into developing things that I could do tools that I would first test on myself, then I could help other people with. And so I just really just kind of, I let it fade away and I just kind of closed the doors and, and I moved on. 
how was that for you? Like, you know, obviously doing that business for like 10 years, you know, like, was that like emotional? I don't know, you know, for doing it for so long. Yeah. I'm just going to be curious kind of, how was that? Hindsight's 2020, right? And, and, and sometimes I have accused myself of making emotional decisions without really thinking through them. I probably would have kept on a few more clients on retainer for maybe another year or two, you know, because not only did I end that, but we bought 24 acres here in the mountains and we moved from being in the suburbs out here into the mountains. Luckily, we don't have a lot of debt, but having to start from zero, right? Having to, I haven't had to start from zero in a long time. And, you know, come 2022, I had to, you know, I had a year, I knew what I was getting into, but, you know, I've been having to start from zero and it's not easy to start from zero, especially in a completely different industry, right? You know, I'm, I'm going into mindset and subconscious reprogramming, personal coaching, right? The whole personal development niche, which is an extremely saturated niche. And I'm starting from zero. So has it, has it ha- had its challenges? Absolutely. It's had its challenges. Are we still blessed to be able to continue doing what we're doing, my wife and I? And obviously, you know, our livelihood's not threatened. Yes. But that doesn't mean going from one lifestyle that we were used to, to another one that we're not, didn't propose its own challenges. But at this, you know, so if I had kept a few clients on retainer for another year, I think it would have made things, you know, easier. Aside from that, though, I do not regret it because I love what I'm doing and there's a lot of purpose and drive and, you know, behind my mission in what I'm doing. So, yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah, like quite similar in that regard, you know, need to have that passion, that purpose ultimately for for what I'm doing. And that comes out of, you know, working um, a nine to five job that I hated, right, that that led me into a similar depression kind of spiral ultimately but to kind of move, move on and, and and touch upon the work that you, you you do now before we wrap up today around beliefs and yeah like what would be your i mean beliefs is such a, of, of a big topic right but what would be your i don't know free tips or recommendations that you would share with listeners right now to help them to start to change their reality and to become like you know the person that they've always wanted to be but maybe it's to uh discover their life purpose or to pursue their passion and i think for me like one of the the the, the challenge with belief because i've always operate operated like in this space right is that like when i when like talk about beliefs to people i think sometimes i'd love to get your thoughts on this people find it challenging to grasp because they can't like you can't see beliefs, right? It's like beliefs, you know, like, you know, and I remember back when, like I thought myself, when I first came across beliefs from like a book, I, I thought to myself, what, like beliefs, like believing in Father Christmas, you know, like that's what beliefs <laughs> meant to me, you know, not like deep beliefs around like money is the root of all the evil, you know, or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or like all these just uh, subconscious beliefs that we hold that, you know, that, that dictate our lives. And so like, even for myself, like opening up to this is like a minefield. So yeah, anyway, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, do you ever have like free tips or, or something that, to help people to start to grasp beliefs and so that they can, yes, you know, shift their, their current re- reality ultimately? Yeah, I, I do want to take a moment and compliment you. I've been on a lot of podcasts and you, you've done a really good job of asking great questions and, and guiding, you know, the interview in a really good way. That's an awesome question. Beliefs, it, it, it's a very slippery slope topic. <clears throat> and here's why. 
because just as you said, you know, wait, what, what do you mean beliefs? You know, I don't know what my beliefs are. And, and the, the thing is, is that people, most people don't know what their beliefs are. And if you ask them, they'll tell you what they are, but in reality, they do not know what they are. So what do I mean? I'll use myself as an example. So whenever I had my you know, mental breakdown in, in June of two, 2018, you know, I, one of the biggest things was like, I don't get it. Why, why was I not able to make seven figures a year? Why? Like, I believe in having a lot of money. I believe in being successful. I believe in wanting to grow my, my business. Why the hell else would I have you know, had to you know, change the business multiple times over these in, you know, nine years, eight years, and do all of these things. I believe in the power of money. I believe in, in all of these things because, you know, I remember looking and one, one of the things was like, oh, you know, you probably have a scarcity mindset or you have a limiting belief with regards to money. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, like, no, I don't. I, I don't have those kind of beliefs. I, I want a lot of money. I want the sports car. I want the big house. Those are the things I believe that I can do. I believe that I can have and that I am working hard to achieve. What I didn't know is that there's a difference between conscious beliefs and subconscious beliefs. And if you don't know what your subconscious beliefs are, then you're living a life on autopilot, not knowing where the final destination is. So if your subconscious beliefs were like mine. So I was raised in an extremely suppressive religious environment and many people uh, call it a cult, but that's neither here nor there. Just to, to show the example of what my beliefs were, it was pounded into our head. Money is the root of all evil. And I was born into this. So my, my subconscious from a child was money is the root of all evil. Rich people, I'm paraphrasing, but rich people are bad. If you're striving to be rich, God does not like you, you know, because, you know, you have to store, don't store your treasures in, you know, on earth where moth and rust can consume, store them in heaven, right? You know, like all of these things and anybody who's Christian knows what I'm talking about or has that similar upbringing. And so my, and my parents would reinforce that, right? You know, I remember my parents say money doesn't grow on trees. As long as we have a roof over our head, food, clothes on our back, food on our table, we should be thankful and we shouldn't be striving for more than that. So from the time I was born in the womb and studies show that beliefs happen when you are in the womb, right? Sound waves, things that your, your, your mother says out loud that goes into the, 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 the our subconscious is, is, has started forming at that point. <clears throat> All the way to the time we're 13, okay? And then reinforced to the time we're 28. It's not until we're 25 or 28 till our brains are like pretty much so we're there's always a plasticity right we can always learn more but from the time we're, when we're 25 28 we pretty much our beliefs are solid like you know those are the things that's why where this whole saying come from you can't teach an old dog new tricks had nothing to do with a dog it had yeah, man, i got two years <laughs> <laughs> right you're you better do some work no i'm just kidding you know so <clears throat> you know, like I had, I mean, I didn't leave this oppressive, suppressive environment until I was 27 years old. So my whole, you know, childhood, young adult, teen years were all of these beliefs were just programmed. And so the thing is that whenever I left, it was an extremely traumatic situation because I lost my family. I lost my friends. I lost everything that I identified with. 
So what I did was I suppressed all of that, right? I'm like, I'm moving on in my life. You know, like I would make posts like, I, you know, I'll never forget my past, but that's not where I'm headed, you know, you know, that kind of a thing. So like, I never faced all that. I'm like, whatever, my, my family doesn't want to be a part of me. That's fine. I'm moving forward. So now fast forward, you know, 10 years or, or, or so in 2018, I'm wondering why the hell I can't make money because I have the conscious beliefs. You know, I'm like, I don't believe that money's bad because by that time I had, I'd met a lot of people who were very successful and wealthy doing great things. They were great people. They were giving back. They were pillars of society, the community. They were actually trying to make change for good. So, you know, I'm, I, my belief system was like, I consciously knew that if I made a lot of money, I could help people, help myself, help people, help change the world. But subconsciously, that wasn't my belief. So we had what I call a personality conflict disorder. It's not a clinical term. It's something I made up. It's a personality conflict disorder, which is when your subconscious beliefs do not match your conscious beliefs now. And when you try and move forward with your conscious beliefs, like I'm going to set a goal for six months or a year or two years, and I'm going to make $100,000 and I'm going to buy a new car and I'm going to find the love of my life. But then your subconscious beliefs are, I am poor. There's not enough money in the world. I'll never have enough money. I should just be grateful for what I have and not want anything more. I am not desirable to the opposite sex or to anybody. I don't care, gay, straight, doesn't matter. I'm not desirable. Nobody's going to love me. Well, then what happens is when you are trying to create this new world in reality, if you haven't addressed these old subconscious beliefs, you're going to have that personality conflict disorder. And the sad thing is, is that your subconscious will always win. Why? Because 95% of our behaviors, actions, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and reactions are based and controlled by our subconscious mind. So every single day, 95% of our actions, what we do is automated, right? Automation is based on our subconscious. So that means 5% of your daily activities, you're consciously thinking, right? You're consciously like, no, I want to make money. So what do you think is going to win? Your subconscious or your conscious? So that's why I call it a personality conflict disorder because our subconscious has its own set of personalities and ideas and thoughts. And then our conscious, we have personalities and things that we know we want to change or change or improve. And so we have a conflict. And so if you don't um, understand that, then you'll never get forward. So I know that was a really long explanation, but I want to get to your answer. So like some tips, so some things that people can do. So now that we understand that we're fighting an uphill battle, okay, if you do not address your subconscious, you know, what Maxwell Maltz talks about in his book, he, he calls it the automatic success system. If we do not recalibrate our compass, right, to where north is north, north is success, abundance. I am worthy. I am successful. I am, I am a beautiful person inside and out, and I am receiving of love and a great relationship and all this. If we don't calibrate, if maybe we were abused as a child, traumatic, you know, physically or emotionally, or even spiritually, energetically, if we don't take the time to recalibrate that North to the, to the North that we consciously want to go to, we're just going to end up going in circles. So how do you do that? So I'm going to share a very simple thing that, thing that anybody can do. And I've actually never shared this publicly. I've only ever taught this with my clients privately. But I've been thinking recently in the past week that I'm going to start sharing this publicly. If you want to travel 
from coast to coast, you know, wherever you're going, if you're in, you know, over across the pond, if you want to travel from North, you know, UK to South UK, wherever that is, or if you're in the United States, you want to travel from New York to California, you have to know where you're at first, right? If you go into your Google maps and you're like, oh, I want to go there. You have to put in your location or you have to let the phone know where your location is. It's the same thing with our life. We cannot move forward until we know where we're at. And I don't mean physically, I mean with our belief system. So until you identify what your true beliefs are, you cannot move forward. You will constantly be met with, with you know, blocks and frustration. And you will end up like I was one day, you know, in a car crying in a parking lot, wondering why my life was so shitty and I've been working so hard for almost 10 years. So what you do is you have to find out what your beliefs are. Now, what I call this is, is called decoding your system or debugging your system. Okay. I liken our subconscious mind to a computer software. Okay. If you open up your computer and you have a software that's supposed to do something, but then all of a sudden it's not doing it. If you're a software designer, what you're going to do is you're going to run a debugging program. Okay. It's going to go through and it's going to find out where that bug is. It's going to find out where that glitch in the code is. So that way you can go and replace that with a new program, uh, with a new uh, command that makes it do what it's supposed to do. So that's what we need to do with our subconscious. So what you do, it's very simple. You, you want to get yourself in like a meditative state or at least a relaxed state. Okay. You can do this with some breathing. It only takes a minute or two. Just find a quiet space, do some deep breathing in, deep breathing out. You can use isosynclabs.com. In our app, I have lots of, of tones that help get your mind using brainwave entrainment to get you into an alpha state. Literally takes just minutes. Plug in your headphones, you can listen to it, or you can do breathing. Breathing is very powerful. If you meditate regularly, you already know how to do that. So go ahead and get yourself in just a calm meditative state. And you have to have a pen and a paper. And you have to write down this question, okay? So those who are listening, get yourself a pen and paper or get, you know, write in your text or whatever it is. This is the question. And it has to be written exactly like this. What are the thoughts that come to mind about myself when it comes to blank? So what are the thoughts that come to mind about myself when it comes to blank? And I'll say that one more time. What are the thoughts that come to mind about myself when it comes to blank? So you have your question. So that's essentially like your, your, your software that you're going to plug into the computer to do your debugging script. Now, the blank is the core pillars of our life, right? So when it comes to my health, when it comes to my wealth, when it comes to success, when it comes to my ideas about money, when it comes to my, my thoughts about my worthiness, am I worthy? When it comes to my confidence, right? So there's a lot of things that you can put in there, but they usually pertain to your health, wealth, love, relationships, and success, right? Those, you know, five, four or five pillars of your life. <clears throat> now, here's the tricky part, okay? And this is why it's important that you're in an alpha state. Because if you're in a high beta state, 
you're going to miss the boat when your subconscious is answering you and you're going to co- you're going to combat that so when you're in an alpha state what's going to happen or you're in a relaxed state you're going to be like hmm okay what are the thoughts that i have about myself when it comes to money okay now the important thing is is that the very first thought vision feeling or emotion that comes to your mind you have to catch that and write it down okay now i've done this exercise many many times with my clients and they are always 100% flabbergasted at what they're writing down okay because what's happening is when we ask our subconscious when we calm ourselves okay and we put ourselves in that alpha state where we can communicate with our subconscious mind when we ask our subconscious a question, our subconscious will answer, okay? You put a code in the computer, the computer will give you something back, all right? There's no like subconscious like, no, I don't want to answer you. Oh, I don't feel good today. Doesn't happen. You give it a command, it gives you a response. The problem or the challenge is, is that if, if, if something came up and says, you know, I'm not good enough to make a lot of money, immediately consciously, we want to be like, oh, what? No, that's not true. No, that's too harsh. You know what? Maybe. It, and then we'll kind of soften it a little bit. And you have to, you know, you'd be like, well, no, that's not true. I do believe, right? Well, I, I don't believe I can make a lot of money, your subconscious says. But then consciously, you're like, but no, that's not true. I do believe I can make a lot of money. And so you, you, you might dismiss that. It'll only come up once and it'll only tell you once. And so you have to catch it. So you can do that with your love, with your relationships, you know, with um, your confidence, with, you know, how do I feel? Am I, am I feel about my attractiveness, you know, feel about my ability to make shit happen. Right. So what you do is you, you can either tackle one area of your life. I always say that unless you're ready to face the dark shadows of your subconscious, just tackle one area one category. If you want to be successful and you're wondering why you're not successful, just work on that one. Okay. If you're ready, if you think you're ready, tackle all of them, tackle your health, your wealth, your love, your relationships, your finances, the whole areas of your life and write them down. This could take, you know, an hour, it could take a couple hours. It could take a week, right? Because you might get some stuff and then you're like, Oh, I need to take a break. Come back to it tomorrow. But here's the great thing about that. Once you do this process, you now have all of the glitches in your system that are keeping you from achieving the type of life that you want. The one that you've been working so hard to achieve. The, the one that you've experienced so much frustration and failure in your life trying to attain, right? You, you now have, now you, it's right in front of you. You wrote it with your own hands. Your subconscious told you, I'm not worthy. I don't feel like I'm worthy of money. I, I don't feel like I could make, you know, or be like, I don't need more than $100,000 a year, right? I don't want this or that whatever it is. Now you have your code. It's right there in front of you. Only until you have your code, your, your, your bugged script, as I call it, are you able to then overwrite that. And the way, and, and I'll just tell you how to override it. So what you do is you take all of the, the, the negative things 
and then you turn them into a positive. And this is where affirmations come in. Like, so for, based on my experience, could we ask the affirmations as questions? Because when I've tried affirmations before, yeah, I don't know if it's been probably my conscious or subconscious, whatever part of my mind, right? It's been like, you know, so, so for example, if I've, if I've stated, you know, I am, or I can make, I don't know, 500,000 and then, you know, the conscious part or whatever part, right? Like we would just come about, no, you can, or no, you're not, or something. I came across some, some resources and some books and some videos and to ask them as empowering questions, lofty questions. I think that one book was calling them for two reasons. They were talking about how the universe answers the, the questions we feed it. And secondly, I think there was something similar along the lines of for our subconscious mind. So yeah, to wrap up today, I would love to kind of finish on that. And if people can also try and ask them as, as questions, and maybe that would, could work better for them. Yeah. So yes, you're absolutely right. What you've said with asking questions. So here's, but I always like to explain why it is that way. Okay. So that way people understand. So number one, our subconscious never, and I'm going to try and keep this concise. Our subconscious uh, does not live in the past or the future. It only lives in the now. Okay. The subconscious does not recognize time and space. It only, this, our subconscious is directly tied to the universe. It only is in the now. So when you are creating commands of I am, I have, okay, when you, are, when you are communicating with your subconscious, and I'll explain why that's important here in a second, when you're communicating with your subconscious because you're at an alpha or theta state, those are powerful commands. The reason being is because the more that your subconscious receives, I am grateful, right? And maybe you haven't been grateful. Your subconscious is like, oh, wait, that's a new command. I am grateful. Well, now I need to be grateful or I am abundant. And they might seem simplistic, but once that command gets through to your subconscious, then your subconscious is like, oh, I'm abundant. And so now you're seeing things in your life and opportunities to where you can attract abundance. You're also raising the vibration of yourself saying, I am abundant. You're acting, feeling, thinking more in that way. And so then you're attracting opportunities that and the that the universe is sending towards you so that way you can become more abundant the caveat to that is like i said before these commands have to be done or said at a point when you have access to your subconscious mind when you're in a beta frame state of mind brainwave these commands do not work because your analytical mind will be like well i'm not abundant or i'm not feeling abundant today you know, like, you know, I just had to pay my rent and I'm broke, you know, that kind of a thing. So that's why I said before, right when you wake up in the morning, when you're drowsy and sleepy and you get that because 15, it takes 15 minutes from the time we wake up from our brain to shift from an alpha to a, to a beta state. So you can take advantage of that window and read and repeat your affirmations. Okay. Same thing just before you go into bed, when you're sleepy and you're drowsy, and you do that. So that's self-programming. If you want to do subliminal programming, read them into, read them on a good day when you're feeling good and you're feeling confident because of your tone of voice carries vibrations. Say them out loud. I am abundant. I have wealth. I have confidence, whatever it is, right? When you go to sleep, play them on a very low, there's lots of apps in the, in the app stores that will loop audios. Play it on a very low, almost whisper, type level when you go to sleep. When you're sleeping, 
for eight hours, six, seven, eight hours a day, you're constantly communicating with your subconscious because our conscious analytical mind has gone away. It is asleep. It is not active. But our subconscious mind is active 24-7, 365, especially when you're sleeping. So I, that's why I always say turn eight hours of your day into the most powerful subconscious reprogramming time, and that's when you sleep. That's why subliminal messaging is so powerful, okay? I could go on a whole other tangent of how that's been involved in the media and why people are programmed in their way, but I'm not going to do that. If you don't want to do that and you want to stand in front of the mirror every morning or every day, then use the questions. Use the question format, okay? How can I be more abundant? What are some ways that I can attract more love in my life, right? Rephrase those in that way. Why? Because the only way to get through to through your analytical thinking mind. See, we have to understand that we do not access our subconscious and therefore we do not access the universe unless we get past our analytical thinking mind. Our analytical thinking mind has the responsibility of being the goalie of our life. Okay, what do I let in as a belief, as a suggestion? What do I not, right? We go through our life all day long being like, I don't believe that. I do believe that. That matches with my beliefs. That does not match with my beliefs. And it all ties in with our reticular activation system, which we can talk about some another time. So how do you get past that? You ask yourself a question. And, you know, because when you ask a question, well, you don't have that immediate response to it usually. So you ask those questions and that will get through to your analytical. You'd be like, well, what are some ways? And you're like, hmm. And so now you've, pro you've proposed a question to your subconscious. And it'll go on it. But the key to all of this is persistence. It takes uh, 21 days to start growing um, new neural pathways. It takes 66 days to fully grow a new neural pathway in our mind and completely starve out an old one. Matt, thank you so much for that. I wanted to share that because, yeah, when I tried it way back, I think maybe back in 2018, 2019, something like that, you know, I was in front of the mirror, you know, I was working with a coach at the time saying all these affirmations. And I'm like, one day I was like, but I, I don't believe that, you, you know, type, type, type of thing. And I was just like, hmm, like, is there another way? And then that, yeah, then that's how I've come across questions. They've definitely helped and, and being more beneficial. So I, I'm, you know, and I've had conversations with, with people as well that have also had that experience of affirmations. So quick questions also work, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've also found in my research that over 99% of all the affirmations you find online are phrased incorrectly. They're not mm -hmm. phrased in, an, in a neuro-linguistic uh, programming manner. And so that's why I said, and I could, go in, I could have gone into it deeper, but when you create them, I have, I am, I, yeah, I, I have, I, oh, and I see, that's the other one. I see, I am, I have. Right. So not I can or I will, because I can and I will is a future thing. Right. And again, going back to the subconscious, subconscious does not recognize future or past. It only recognizes now. So just a little tidbit there for your listeners. Interesting. No, just even in that, like I remember some of the old affirmations that used to be by my mirror. And I was like, actually, if I had put I see or, you know, instead of like how that could have been more powerful. So even for me, like listening, listening to this, um, yeah, I, I can see like how just by like changing like a few words it can really be so much more impactful. So that's amazing. And I'll, I'll link all this down below. I'll link to your website. Is that the best place for people to find you or Instagram? Where is the best place? 
Yeah, yeah. And and I'd also like to, if you know, make a shameless plug or a promotion if of I'm course. able. I'm just now releasing what's called MVP VR. So it's mindset video power of virtual reality. I've been working on it for a year. We've just recently came out of a beta testing program. And a hundred percent of the people that used and and use this program had success with it and benefits. So what it is is it's a it's called mindset video power where you become the MVP of your own life. You can go to mataponti.com and you can click under and actually I'll send you a direct link um, that you can hyperlink there. But if you go to mataponti.com and you go to the products and services, you'll see MVP VR there. And what it is, and we're actually just going to be launching. I'm going to be launching it here this Friday. It's going to be going live. You can go and set up for a waiting list now, if, and you'll be automatically notified when it goes live. But it's very, very inexpensive, uh, very affordable. But it combines the power of virtual reality, this, this, the immersiveness of virtual reality, with a patented and proprietary process for accessing the subconscious mind. I did not develop the, the uh, patented process. I went through certification. So that way I can incorporate it in my programs, but it is a patented and proprietary process that uses visualization. It uses sound therapy. It uses brainwave entrainment tones. It combines all of the most powerful things that you would want to reprogram your subconscious mind. And the great thing about it is that you only use it for eight minutes in the morning and eight minutes in the evening. And that's it, 16 minutes a day. So you just wake up in the morning, you put on your headset and, and it's, it's, you use it with your phone. It's a little app that you'll use on your phone and you get one of those little headsets where you can slide in your phone for like 19 bucks. And I show you where you can get one on Amazon for 19 bucks. And you just put it on and you do it eight minutes in the morning. It takes you through the program, do it eight. And there's a morning and evening session and it's extremely powerful. And to date, I haven't gone through anything or put myself through anything that is as powerful as that right now. And we're only, I'm only in the 2.0 version of it. I'm going to be you know, growing on it, you know, the more support and, and feedback I get. Amazing. And yes, and so that's on my website. So mattaponte.com. And then also, if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Those are really the only two social you know, places that I'm active. And you can find me there at themattaponte.com. I love communicating with people. So you can shoot me a message, a DM. And yeah, that's, that's about it. Thank you so much for today. There's been a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of value there. And you know, I've, I've, I've taken some, some notes. I'm going to put the, the question for people to ask for, for the beliefs um, in, in the description as well. I'll link everything down below as well. And yeah, looking forward to this virtual reality um, thing that, that you've got coming out man it sounds sounds really awesome but thank you for joining me today absolutely thanks for having me on the show it's been a pleasure no worries well guys i will be back next week again as i mentioned all the links uh, in are in the show notes and yeah take care i will look forward to seeing you all and talking to you all next week and for more after today's show, be sure to head on over to raisingconsciousness.show to get all of the show notes, transcriptions, videos for each episode, and a hell of a lot more. And if you got value from this episode, found it insightful, or learned a thing or two, please leave a review where you can let everyone know that this show is worth checking out. I appreciate you so much. You'll be hearing from me in the next episode.